Welcome to Campfire Football. I'm Sebastian North. This is episode 53, the man in the high chair, Florentino Perez. Now, I'm doing a little follow-up on this whole European Super League thing, and the reason why is because, look, honestly, I'm genuinely a bit concerned by the way most of the general public is is reacting to this. So, here is the big issue. We are reacting with rage and anger in, in large part right now, and I don't think it's helping. And the reason why is the arguments that are being made against the European Super League and against the reasons it should exist, they sound to me more like a bunch of people waving the white towels already and having surrendered completely. Everyone's saying this has already ruined the game. Football's dead in 2021, thanks to VAR and the Super League. Guys, this isn't over yet. This is just beginning. And I think the important thing for us to do now is try and figure out why this is coming into existence. Everyone's been saying it's greed, it's power, and it's consolidation of elites just trying to keep the money and everything for themselves and close off the shop. Okay? Okay. If you're going to say that, we need to be damn sure that that's the truth. And what better way to know the truth than to hear from the man who's basically put this whole thing together from the start. Florentino Perez. Now, president of Real Madrid, this is the guy who did the Galacticos 20 years ago. So if you're surprised that European Super League is something he would want to do, I mean, it makes sense. He he saw years ago that if you put the best talent on the field, and I mean the biggest names as well, you could generate a whole new level of interest and money. And it worked. It worked really well. Keep in mind... This is a dude who, as president, has probably more Champions Leagues than any other president in history. So why does he hate the competition? He doesn't hate the competition. He just doesn't think it makes them enough money because they win it so often. He's like, we're the reason that this is great. Why? We're, we're the reason that this competition's special. Like, we should make more off it. That's, that's how he sees it. That's how he feels. Okay, so I think it's important. If you've got someone you criticize, if there's someone doing something that you disagree with, the best thing you can do to arm yourself is to listen to what they say and believe when they tell you who they are. And he does this in the most spectacularly simple way. Florentino Perez is a pretty open dude. When he when he goes out and says things, he's he, he can be very, very candid. And so here's some of the things he said. First of all, when you have no income, only that from television, you understand that the solution is to have more competitive games. The most attractive you can have in the world, we have decided in the that in the week, instead of Champions League, we can have a Super League with more games. So look, what he's saying is what happened this year, right? It, it, there were no fans able to go into stadiums, so all of the money had to be generated from TV revenue. Now, when they look at the data from TV revenue, this is where they realized, oh, Everyone just watches us 15 clubs, and then the rest, there's a huge drop-off in interest whatsoever. So we've got all these competitive games, but they need to be good ones. They need to be good competitive games. That's what he's saying, all right? As if the Champions League does not have enough good games. Well, this is a problem. I've heard a lot of people say Champions League dead rubbers are annoying. I mean, this is what he wants to avoid. He doesn't want you to have to deal with a Champions League dead rubber. He wants every game to be perfect and great and the highest caliber possible. 
Are you disagreeing with that? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Dropping interest. We have to think why young people aren't interested in football. There are a lot of games of limited quality and lots of other platforms to entertain yourself. So football has to change. Yikes. A group of clubs of some European countries want to do something to make the sport more attractive on a world level. Okay. I saw an Instagram post with that quote about young people aren't interested in football. And the and the comment section, everyone was like, this is ridiculous. Florentino, you're a brain-dead old man. You don't know anything. Okay. You people are being stupid. This guy has uh, all of this data. He knows full well what 18 to 24-year-olds, 25 to 35-year-olds, he has seen the data on what generates interest, on where online and social media traffic goes, and what matches people are viewing. Okay, And what he sees is a drop, enormous drop, between 18 and 24-year-olds. Why? Okay, well, what are the reasons? I don't know, but I'm sure that they've looked through the data to try and figure it out. And if they say they want to change the sport to be more attractive on a world level, what do you think that means? Well, I don't know for sure. Here's an idea. Considering there's American guys who always come up with the most ridiculous ideas to change the sport to make it more interesting. We've heard of these things like bigger ball, larger goals, smaller fields, fewer players, whatever. They've always, they've always come up with something funny. Well, how about this? I'll just come up with a hypothetical. I don't know if I've heard. I haven't heard this from anywhere. It's just an idea I had. They're going to get rid of halftime and make 60-minute games in the European Super League. Why not? Maybe not this year. Maybe next year. But they'll be like, look, halftime is where we lose a lot of viewers. Um, I know we can generate money from the commercials at halftime. But what if we figure out a way to build commercials into the experience the whole game? Right? So that when players are out there watching, there can be a, a, a... a close-up maybe of a player's boots. And if you want, you can go ahead and see the link and go and buy the cleat so that you're always kind of interacting with the game while it's happening. This is the TV experience that they would want to bring, right? Halftime would get in the way of that. So, But you can't play 90 minutes without a halftime, so one-hour games. I mean, I, I can totally see something like that being presented. Would it happen? I don't know. But that is something that would change the sport because of the fact that they are like, we're losing eyeballs. How do we keep eyeballs? Well, to me, you build a sport by creating players. <laughs> you, don't, you don't build a sport by having viewers. Like, we all go to the movies and watch superhero movies. I, I don't see very many people trying to be Iron Man. There's a few, a few, but not very many, right? So it, it, you, you, what you need are people to do the work. So you have actors out there, right? But not everyone is an actor. The way you make it so that you can actually have more teams is to have more players. So you need footballers. People aren't just going to be interested in football because they're watching of the way they're consuming it from 18 to 24. 18 to 24, that's when you want your players that you've groomed from the bottom up. So what's the interest in football? Well, they're worried that football is dying. I mean, this guy's coming in. He wants to save football, okay? He said, UEFA are working on a new format that they presented today. I don't understand it. Nobody does. It won't generate the income needed to save football. The idea would be to start as soon as possible. 
We say we will talk with UEFA and FIFA. I don't know why someone has to get angry. We can't have a president of UEFA that insults the president of a club, and we want transparency. I know what LeBron James earns because his public his salary is public, but I don't know what the president of UEFA earns, for example. So now you've got Florentino Perez coming out and taking shots at UEFA and FIFA, who we both know are pretty toothless organizations, right? We, we talk about it. I mean, the conversation about how inept a lot of the, and corrupt as well, a lot of the things that go on in UEFA and FIFA are, it's talked about all the time. So now put yourself in his shoes. He is a guy of uber wealth working with a bunch of other of some of the most wealthy people in the world and powerful people in the world. And he's looking around going, FIFA and UEFA, they're idiots. They have, they've, whatever plan they think they presented for the 2023 24 Champions League, it makes no sense. There's not enough money that's going to be made. This is ridiculous. They've done it wrong. So is he wrong? I mean, Again, this is a guy who is so well-connected and so well-armed in terms of all the information that they can get. They know, they know everyone at all the big TV companies. So, so they can get all the ratings information they can. They have their pulse all over social media. So they know all of the interest that's being generated there. And they're paying attention to it. And they're literally reacting to what they are seeing. When they see that there is a high demand for anything that has to do with 15 clubs and a massive drop-off beyond that, and they say, see UEFA saying that they're going to try and help the little guy, they're like, you guys are doing nothing for the little guy. So he wants to save football. And, I mean, with how UEFA and FIFA work, it's kind of tough to see that he's not going to be able to win the war with them. Speaking of that, when it comes to national teams, he said any player can be totally calm because that is not going to happen. And speaking on them being banned from the Euros or the World Cup. Ooh, wow, that is, that's a heavy bargaining chip that UEFA and FIFA have. Probably their only one. Probably their only bargaining chip is excluding and banning players. And so how would they do this? Can UEFA or FIFA legally ban a player who has just part of a league? This is where it would go to court. It would become a legal issue. Now, you've got UEFA and FIFA banning a player from being able to participate with their national team in the most important competition that they could want to play. Right? UEFA are saying no. Florentino Perez, Ed Woodward, Glazers, Abramovich. You know what they'll do for the player? They'll hire a gang of lawyers to go and sue FIFA and UEFA to allow the player to play in the World Cup. So FIFA are taking a stance against the player. The club is supporting the player. Who's the player eventually going to side with? You may not want to be a European Super League player, but if they're paying you, you have a contract, and they're actually going to bat for you to make sure that you still get the opportunity to play in, a, in the World Cup, all of a sudden, playing for that Super League club doesn't sound so bad. And again, I'm not saying that the players are going to get strong-armed here. I'm saying that UEFA and FIFA don't have the balls and don't have the gumption and don't have the intelligence to actually fight off this group of super billionaires that's coming to jack the game, okay? So very important to think about. He said the new Champions League will start in 2024. In 2024, we are dead. UEFA is a monopoly, and it has to be transparent. They have to be open to dialogue and not threatening. 
again, he's saying something that's completely reasonable. Like, yo, we need to have a chat. In 2024, football's dead. That's what he's saying because they're looking at it from economic numbers. Post-pandemic, they are like, the football pyramid is in huge trouble. This is how to save it. That is all he's doing. Again, if you disagree with it, if you think that this is how to destroy it, again, I don't totally disagree with you on that at all either. I think that this has enormous destructive qualities for what it could do to affect the game. And here is why. It's all based on plastic, from my opinion. All of it is based on reading into data on what people's initial gener- you know, interest is, what's generated on kind of a knee-jerk thing, what news stories get clicks and hits. I mean, th- this is what all of this is based on, the data that they're covering. But it's also because, hey, guys, this is what we're doing, right? I mean, ask yourself the question. What has been your involvement on social media? What has been your involvement in comment sections, online, what you talk about, what you hashtag? What games have you watched? What highlights have you looked up? If all of that, if all those things, if you take it, an 80% or more is focused solely on those 15 clubs, you have your answer as to why they're doing this. Because they're like, we generate all the interest. We should make the majority of the money and then be able to filter it down throughout the pyramid. <clears throat> Look, honestly, the transfer fees these clubs are going to have to deal with. It's going to be if you're a Europa Super League club, the they will know the budget is outrageous. And so if you're Jack Grealish and Man City wants to buy you and you're a Super League club, they might be like, look, you have to pay like $500 million for this player because you guys have billions put into your club every year from the Super League. Again, is it so bad that more money comes into football from outside investment because they're able to generate all, all, all this cash into a situation where you ask yourself, well, yeah, I mean, that money might actually help a team like Villa, right? If, if the clubs can afford whatever insane number Aston Villa want to put up for Jack Grealish and Man City can be like, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll buy him because we have the money. So it's going to it's going to be incredible to see what, how that works. But basically what he's saying is that's that's the kind of stuff that's actually going to help. I mean, look, he said there are 15 teams that generate value, five that come on sporting merit. It's not a closed league. It's open. We have never thought about a closed league. We believe in sporting merit. The money goes to everyone. It's a pyramid. If those at the top have money, it goes to those down below. That can happen here. That's trickle-down economics. It's very much what a lot of wealthy people feel and believe is true. And so we that this is not surprising. But the key is that he says that 15 teams generate value and the rest, and then five will be able to join on merit. So now this argument people have been putting up that it's a closed league is getting swatted down with one stroke of the hand. And that's not good either. Yo, guys, if we want our arguments to land here, we need good ones, right? We need to not be like, scandalize the greed or taking the rich are taking everything. They're so greedy. And then what do you do? You spend all day talking about this. And yes, it is a topic we need to talk about. But how do you react, right? I would, I, I'm, I would love to see. It. I think there's some some podcasts out there, um, soccer subs. You guys just did an episode on Shannon McMillan. I think that's awesome. There's a few others off the top of my head. I've seen so much information this morning; it's hard to remember. 
But there have been some really, really, really cool stories that are smaller, that, that are inspiring, and that are awesome. Like, guys, doesn't it get boring talking about Usman Dembele and his professionalism after a while? Doesn't it get boring talking about the injury record of Eden Hazard? Well, this is the thing, is those topics generate so much more interest than, say, a player like Mislav Orsic, who scored a hat trick to down Tottenham, and now we'll never, ever hear about players like that in the Champions League again. Because you remove the top clubs, so the story of them getting knocked out by a minnow and then a player having the game of their lives, or a player who came from absolutely nowhere, some small team, Levski Sofia, managed to qualify for the Champions League. They get all the way to the group stage. They play Real Madrid. Well, everyone watches their game against Madrid, but they're also with Wolfsburg. No one watches the game against Wolfsburg. Levski Sofia Wolfsburg... Totally, totally, you know, not an even clash. Should be interesting. What if Levski Sofia win? That's a great achievement for them. But no, we only really care about the Real Madrid game. Florentino Perez has been seeing the way all of us have been consuming football. And what he sees is you guys don't give a shit about anyone outside those top 15 teams. So you know what? We're going to create a league where you get exactly what you want. We're going to dangle a little bit of merit. We're going to make sure that these big clubs are always, always financially robust and stable so that they can continue to pump money down into the pyramid. That's, I think, what he wants to do. If now, can we take this information and actually go and make some real arguments? Because I'm telling you, if you are out there just ripping into social media and just, and just like, just being upset and angry about this, you're not going anywhere. If you look at how calm Florentino Perez answered all those questions, that should concern you that you are losing your mind right now because he's 50,000 miles ahead of you. Catch up a little bit. Just listen to him. He wants to have dialogue with FIFA and UEFA about how to make this work. They're saying no. It's not going to work that way, guys. This is not how you solve a, a problem. This is not how you reach solutions. You have to work with people around you. And it sounds to me like FIFA and UEFA are so scared of their position that the EPL, as, as a brand, is so scared of its position. But they're not actually worried about anything else outside of them in terms of the football pyramid. So, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop because I think you, we could go on for ages. But I think it was so important to hear from Florentino Perez for him to be as open and candid as he was about everything. And what it does is it helps us understand really who he is and where he comes from. I'm not saying he's, uh, I could say any mean, horrible thing to say about him is useless. Here is what he is, an extremely wealthy person who believes in trickle-down economics and sees a huge economic problem in the world of football and wants to solve it in the manner he does. He's got American business owners around him who are like, here's how it works with the NFL. Here's how it works with the NBA. And he goes, interesting. You know, FIFA and UEFA, they're nowhere near as organized as you people. So let's let's go in this direction. If you disagree with it, start arming yourself with some knowledge and let's figure something out. Like I said, there are other solutions. Just support your local team, first of all. Support the small guy. That that That's the best way to start. Beyond that, there's a lot that's out of our control here, right? Then what is in your control is what you consume and how you share and generate whatever content that you are, okay? This week, I am going to spend considerable amounts of time talking about the women's game. Uh, Chelsea play against Manchester City in the Women's Super League this weekend, and 
it's a title decider. Straight up, it's a title decider because there's only two games left after it, and the team that is ahead after this match will most likely win the Women's Super League, and that's huge. Uh, and the NWSL has been getting started, the NWSL Challenge Cup, so I'm going to give a little update on what's going on there and talk about some of the highlights that have happened there. So remember, the reason I'm doing that is because I want to provide the angle on the outside of football, things that aren't those big teams, okay? If you want to save football, start looking at things outside those 15 big clubs because Florentino Perez is going to save it for them and then hope that the rest works for everyone else. But is it the product that you want? I'm not so sure. It's just that it's the product that he thinks you want. Keep that in mind. Make your own choices. Take your own power back. This is Campfire Football. Have a great day.